Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 91 for Monday, June 1st, 2020. My name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as Pixel Riffs, and joining me, as always, is Joel Duggan. Hi, Joel. I am here. I am back uh, from the past and the future. If you'd like to hear about Back to the Future, a uh, movie trilogy that I very much enjoy, as well as some D&D adventures, then you should listen to The Render Distance, which is the extended version of the podcast that we do for our patrons. You can get that at patreon.com slash thespawnchunks. Johnny, what have you been up to this week? Oh boy, what have I been up to? A lot of Minecraft Dungeons, which is going to be the main topic of discussion for this week. So we're going to be covering a little bit about it in the news, but we're going to be saving a lot of that stuff for later on in the show. Uh, As you've probably seen from the title and the thumbnail, we are going to be getting into Minecraft Dungeons. And I have been doing a lot (laughs) in that game, but I've also still been you know, hopping, popping into uh, core Minecraft here and there to work on my jungle temple, which I think I mentioned last week. I was rebuilding a jungle temple and kind of restyling it to look more like a, a ziggurat or a Mayan pyramid. Um, so I've been working on that. I'm working on the interior right now. This week I'm going to be building some traps and stuff in there. And I also decided to do a little bit of stuff on stream with my trading hall because playing Skyblock has reminded me how valuable clerics trades are and being able to get a renewable source of redstone without having to go mining for it or AFK at a witch farm, which lately I find myself just really being against the idea of AFKing for resources, mainly because I'm using my computer for other stuff all the time. Uh, so leaving Minecraft open seems kind of annoying to me. But I, yeah, I decided to recruit a bunch of clerics, which ultimately means zombifying them a few more times so their trade prices are better. Um, but now having somebody to trade rotten flesh to and gold, as well as buy redstone and glowstone and lapis and so many of the important things clerics have is uh, a, a worthwhile thing to have. How about you, Joel? What have you been up to this week? So I actually have been pretty much exclusively streaming dungeons, which mm-hmm. has been a chill and fun, honestly, a nice break from trying to figure out what to build next in yes, Minecraft. Yes, same, actually. Uh, like, I, I, yeah. I found it very refreshing playing something a little bit different, but still Minecraft-themed. Minecraft-themed, same universe, same kind of visual aesthetic, but obviously very pretty mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, all the lighting and stuff. But but I do find that I'm hitting, which I think you've mentioned before in the show, that 116 stall. Yes. Uh, the I, I have some ideas. I have some things I want to try, but it's like, well... Maybe I should just wait until all this stuff happens because, you know, I've wanted to add some villagers and do some trading to the city so I don't have to grind as many blocks, you know, you know, exactly what you're talking about, taking advantage of the village trades. There's changes yeah. <laughs> to, how, to how that works now. So, like, uh, I, I kind of feel like I want to wait. So what I did do in game, which was off stream, uh, and it's one of those mornings where I just I didn't sleep that well and I wanted something chill to do to kind of warm up my brain. Uh, and I had started this um, squid farm. Uh, actually, that's a lie. I think I did stream this. Uh, th- see, this is what the week has been like. Mm-hmm. So I-, I finished off the squid farm, which is like a temporary, only made it so big um, squid farm. Uh, and then that's right. I did that on stream. And then off stream, I connected it to the main storage system under the bank. So yeah. You know me and my water streams. I like being able to make things move around. And turns out that it really wasn't that far uh, because the bank looks really far from the squid farm, but the bank basement is much larger than the actual blank bank building on the top. Like it's uh-huh. much, uh, it's a much bigger system. So uh, getting the water streams and stuff together was fun. You know, it was a short tunnel. It wasn't like it was hours and hours. I think it took me an hour and a half just to kind of go in there and play for, you know, have an extra cup of coffee and just kind of mess around. And it dawned on me that, 
Um, my storage system under the bank is a combination of traditional kind of like no overflow filters uh, and um, and manual sorting. However, because of the aesthetic of how I laid it out and how I wanted it to all work, I ended up leaving spaces between every row of chests. So it's not like it's double chests all lined up next to each other. It's they're spaced out. Mm -hmm. And what I really like about that is if you get something like, oh, I don't know, ink sacks that you then have to fit in to an existing system that weren't considered when you built the system, you have the room to add the filter. Yeah. And what I like so much about this is that I don't have to add the extra chests. I am now putting two filters going into one chest tower, if that makes any sense. So it means that I can do all of my manual die storage in one column and then insert the ink sacks into the bottom yeah. <laughs> and just have have bulk of some and, and manual of others. And as much as I really like the idea of having a really cool multi-item sorter thing, and I've seen some stuff on online lately that I'm just drooling over, but it's a lot of work. Uh, I'm sort of liking this idea of this this hybrid system of like, some of it's manual, some of it's bulk, some of it's um, just sorting out things as you need. But the the real win of the whole situation is the fact that I'm putting in, I'm inserting filters into a system that allows for expansion, which I thought really kind of worked out in my in my benefit. Yeah, I, I'm very much in favor of the idea of bulk storage for a lot of things and very small storage for other things. Like I always put out like a few double chests for a bunch of stuff and then realized that, hey, I'm not actually collecting a whole bunch of purple blocks or something like that, whereas my cobblestone storage is overflowing into the three chests either side because yeah. I have so much of this stuff. And it ultimately comes down to what you're using the most and uh, the stuff that you're able to stockpile more easily, the stuff that you're able to farm in large quantities and that kind of thing. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm going to revisit when I build this museum because I'll need to have a lot of storage in that for the building blocks that are going to shape the building itself and also the stuff that's going to be stored for display when i get around to that but then i'm uh, <laughs> i'm looking at that going how exactly do i want to store all of this stuff how am i going to arrange any of this and does the storage system then become an exhibit in the museum itself <laughs> like at what point do is it does it just get incorporated into that so a lot of thinking going into that project right now as well but yeah sounds like you've uh, you've at least got some things you can tinker away with until the 1.16 stall is is over and who knows like inspiration might strike in the meantime because looking at the environments from dungeons that's been kind of interesting and inspirational to me um yep especially the desert temple level having traps in it i'm like oh i can try and take some uh some inspiration for those for traps in this jungle temple i'm working on we'll see but you um you mentioned the villager changes as, as something you're waiting for in 116. So we should probably head straight into the news and talk about the latest snapshot. Uh, this was a bit of a delayed snapshot, actually, because they didn't put it out on Wednesday. It came out on Friday, I believe, so kind of later yes. than, than usual. Um, and everybody was playing Dungeons at the time, so I feel like maybe delaying it into a few days later in the week made a little bit more sense. Um, but this is Java Edition Snapshot 20W22A, which uh, we have a full change log available, of course, on Minecraft.net, linked in the show notes if you want to go and see that. And the details of some experimental rendering changes may interest some of you. They have pointed out that it might cause issues with some different graphics cards, uh, so bear that in mind. But aside from those, uh, piglins will now sometimes dance in celebration when they successfully complete a hoglin hunt. Bells can be hung from the underside of more blocks. 
When a villager that was traded with is struck by lightning, the witch it converts into will no longer despawn. Not that you can convert it back, but you just have a ton of witches hanging around. Uh, players can no longer mount another entity when the crouch key is held down, so no more confusion about getting into minecarts. Uh, the villager workstation logic changes that Joel hinted at are actually really great. There's um, a bunch of them here which I'll list quickly. Uh, villagers will no longer try to work at the same workstation. The most experienced nearby villager for the profession corresponding to the workstation you add will get the workstation. So the cleric who is like a master level is going to get the workstation over a cleric who is still only a novice. Uh, villagers now have to walk to and reach the workstation before they can acquire the profession and work there, so no more villagers claiming professions through walls. Villagers can no longer claim workstations and professions during nighttime or during raids. Villagers will check and make sure their workstation is valid at all times of day as long as they're within 16 blocks of the workstation. There are a handful of other technical changes and bug fixes. There's more information about most of those on Minecraft.net. And of note, there are a few fixed bugs here, including zombie reinforcements being able to spawn on glass. That has been fixed. Good news for zombie pigman farms there. Uh, bees inside a nest or hive not growing up or getting their breeding timer reset. Uh, light not propagating across chunk borders properly, which I think has been an issue for a while. <laughs> so it's good that that one's getting fixed. And soul campfire not dealing twice the amount of damage as a normal campfire. Um, yeah, I, I'm not, not entirely certain about that one. I didn't realize soul fire did more damage because... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's twice. That's interesting because I, I, maybe that, that sort of passed me by in previous change logs. But I, I remember soul fire being added and it didn't do any damage at first. It didn't destroy items or anything. It was just aesthetic. Uh, when it first got added with the uh, the biomes. But I guess now it does twice the amount of damage. That's really interesting. Yeah, so the bug was that it wasn't destroying items. Like, it wasn't acting as fire should. And yeah. then when they fixed it, they also said, oh, like, they also added this other thing. Oh, by the way, it was supposed to, it wasn't doing any damage, and it was supposed to do twice the damage. It's supposed to be and, more dangerous than regular yeah. fire. And that got looked over because the big change was like, well, now it destroys items. Sure. Because the, the cool thing was that people thought it wasn't going to destroy items because it means that you could farm stuff with fire, have it kill the mob, but have the item not be destroyed in the flames. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but obviously it, it's changed. Uh, but yeah, so like if you've got, uh, I know that you did, I think it was campfires in your iron golem farm. Yes. So you could change those to soul campfires. And, and, and have the damage faster. deal twice as fast. That's very yeah. interesting. I wonder how often right? that will get used because campfires are actually a really good block for mob farms like that they are non-solid so the items can travel through them to hoppers and uh, yep. aside from the particles they're actually a pretty friendly resource to get you don't need a huge amount to get them uh, with soul fire i guess you just need soul fire torches or soul soil to go in there or something so i think it's soul soil i think you replace the coal with soul soil yeah that's not, not that's mistaken. not too bad then <laughs> i will i will yeah. see what we can do about that might be a an innovation that i can bring to my skyblock let's play at some point if uh if you were under a rock then you um might have missed the fact that minecraft dungeons launched this past tuesday mm -hmm. uh, we uh now have a live game you can get that at minecraft.net you can purchase it for pc by following the link on your minecraft launcher to the microsoft store uh in the microsoft store you can also get it there for xbox it's worth noting that if you'd like to try minecraft dungeons uh and uh, you're not sure about it well one there's a whole lot of people streaming it, so you can kind of check it out that way. But also, it's part of Xbox Game Pass. Uh, also, Xbox Game Pass for PC, which is in beta, uh, and also pretty cheap right now. So if you're looking to try 
uh, Minecraft Dungeons and you're on the fence about it, you can do so if you have access to the Game Pass uh, because it's uh, it's just a subscription. And right now I think it's a dollar US a month. Um, it will eventually go up. Obviously check with you know other people before you sign up for that. But uh, I thought that was fantastic that you have this brand new game that day and date is also available on this subscription idea. I think it's just uh, fantastic. Yeah, and considering There's... considering Minecraft is like a first-party Microsoft property now, it makes sense, but it's going to be a big mm -hmm. part of their offering going forward, I think. And I think regular Minecraft is also on Xbox Game Pass, I believe. Or it was at a certain time. I'm not sure if it still is. Um, but super cool. Uh, uh, Minecraft Dungeons, we haven't put this in the show notes, so I thought I would add it here, uh, is also available on PS4 and on Nintendo Switch. Um, and I don't believe there's any kind of like it's it's not on PlayStation now or PlayStation Plus or whatever the kind of like free games cycle right. is for the sort of membership uh, thing for PlayStation. But yes, uh, not available for Mac or Linux right now, and also not available on mobile devices um, because I presume there's just a lot of uh, too many controls <laughs> for it to be played on you know an iPad yeah. or something like that. But uh, as far as a console offering and a PC offering, it is uh, available on all of the most modern platforms, I guess. And uh, I don't, I don't think I knew that it was available for Switch. I thought it was coming, but I didn't know it was available now. That's great. yeah. I think it launched day and date with all of the other versions. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, Dungeons DLC have been revealed. Holy smoke, that was fast. Uh, the first <laughs> DLC, Jungle Awakens, is coming in July. In this adventure, you will enter a distant, dangerous jungle to fight mysterious powers in three new missions. Uh, to defeat the terrors hidden among the vines, you'll have new weapons, armor, and artifacts at your disposal. Uh, the second DLC, Creeping Winter, is due later this year. Uh, team is also working on cross-platform play functionality, a cool new free content, uh, oh, sorry, and cool new free content for Minecraft Dungeons that everyone will be able to receive regardless of edition. We'll come back with more TDLs in the coming weeks. This was another from an article on uh, Minecraft.net. Yes, and the last piece of news related to Minecraft Dungeons here is that they have released a limited edition clothing line by Cloak and a hardback strategy guide. So there is even some Minecraft Dungeons merch out there for those of you guys who are into collecting some physical stuff. Uh, let's start with the snapshot, uh, which feels like a while ago now because all of the Minecraft Dungeons news. Uh, but let's let's talk about these villager changes. Let's talk about, um, I guess, yeah, bells being able to be hung from the underside of more blocks. That harks back to uh, the lantern debate, I know. But uh, it's cool that there are a few more options there. Yeah, I agree. I, I Something I like about the bell is that you can attach it to the side of things. Yeah. And so you can have it, if you wanted to have the bell look like it's part of a shop, you know, like a medieval... Uh, signpost or something like that then it attaches in a very fun way to the sides of blocks mm -hmm. uh, whereas if you put it on the ground it has like two prongs sides of blocks it has one horizontal you know support and then now underneath things it just kind of hangs straight down yeah um, I kind of wonder if if these all line up uh, I saw a video where they went through a number of things like hoppers and fences and all the different things that you can connect it to uh, the things you cannot connect it to make sense like you can't connect it to the bottom of a bed um, things like that but the the thing that i'm wondering is is that if it lines up now with uh chains and lanterns and now the bell can all roughly be hung from the same sort of stuff i know that chains can be waterlogged but if i'm not mistaken bells because they're a redstone component get washed away with water uh yeah it might be the case um at least it it seems to be becoming more consistent if they're working with those as all being things that act a certain way when they are hanging from specific blocks and that kind of thing like yeah. if what's what's good for one thing is good for the other thing then that becomes more intuitive to players which is is great yeah. 
Um, let's see what else we got here. The villager workstation changes I am 100% on board with. That sounds like it's going to make trading halls much more consistent and no longer the stuff of nightmares. Um, mm -hmm. Because right now, if you have two villagers with workstations opposite each other and it's the same workstation, then sometimes they can work at the one that's in front of them. Sometimes they want to trade places and work at the workstation that they can see across from them. And if you have traders in booths, which a lot of people want to do to keep their trading halls neat and organized and you know, have a sign above a villager to say what they trade. Very difficult to do that when they want to walk around and then they can't refresh their trades because they're not attached to the right workstation. So these rules kind of streamline everything to the point where villager behavior should be a lot more predictable. And I love the fact that the most experienced villager gets to claim the workstation because naturally- I was just about to say that, yeah. You want to have them be the ones that refresh their trades most often because they're the guys you've already traded with. So, you know, you don't want the one villager who's only got a couple of, you know, early game farming trades to refresh their trades when you're after the farmer who can sell, sell you golden carrots already, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's great and and mad props to the team who've been uh, working on those changes because villager logic has been going under changes since it was released in 114 uh, to try yes. and get these guys to do what they want them to do and i hope that this is uh one of the last things we have to see from this because uh they should be a lot more logical at this point and i'm wondering if the new villager workstation mechanics will make it easier to get villagers to move around uh, rather than pushing a villager those last handful of blocks uh, which can be very frustrating. Uh, we all know you can move things around with minecarts and boats and, and stuff, but usually that fine tuning, that last few blocks has to be kind of like this constant headbutt of trying to get the villager around and, and in the right spot. Uh, but perhaps similar to being able to uh, coax a, a zombie across, you know, an empty space, using a profession block as bait uh, to bring a villager preferably one that doesn't have it a profession i would imagine but also even if it does if it's the right kind of block and they're looking it's like hey i'm a librarian and you've just taken my my workstation if i if you place that down uh if that would basically reliably mean that they would then walk over to that workstation at a regular clip uh it does kind of make me wonder if the redstone genius is out there the combinations of sticky pistons with profession blocks attached to them in a long hallway i kind of wonder if you could just like breadcrumb a villager over a long distance <laughs> it might be possible and especially if they have to walk to it and reach it now uh instead of just you know adopting a workstation from several blocks away through various objects and that kind of thing i think that may that may be more possible and it's going to be interesting to see how trading halls adapt to these changes in future um, the rest of the snapshot is looking pretty normal. I do like the fact that um, bees now grow up when they're inside hives. That was my initial problem with bees was that you had to make sure that they were out of the hives so that they could grow up and then be able to breed. Whereas now mm. if they are continuing to age when they're inside the hive, then you, you don't run into that problem. You don't have to block the hives off when they're you know out and flying around and collecting honey, going back in at night that kind of thing so that speeds that's... things up a little bit more a little bit more time efficient for players just kind of feels a little bit more natural and and i think makes more logic sense than than the way that it was happening before yeah uh, i'm excited about the zombie reinforcements uh not spawning on glass because that's going to help me fix the gold farm on the citadel we currently have an issue where zombies will spawn on the ceiling of the gold farm uh because uh it's far enough away from the lava despite it being glass we just end up with this horde of zombies hovering around the player in the center because it's one of those giant donut farms but we built it in the nether not on the roof yeah and so um we we have uh 
a glass floor on the bottom of it, which is great because it's above lava, which means the light level is always well above nine. Uh, but the issue is that, of course, the the ceiling isn't, and uh, I'm looking forward to having a cleaner uh, a cleaner gold farm again because I think we also we're going to have to make some changes because there's going to be some piglins spawning in there too. But I think we just have to take some stuff out for magma blocks, and we should be able to get back to normal. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting <laughs> an interesting conversion. I'm look I'm actually looking forward to it. It's going to be some fun fun technical changes. But the fact that you don't have to worry about the reinforcements of zombies on on glass now. I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, super great change. Uh, what are you thinking about the dungeons DLC? Because we can't really talk about that in the main discussion since it is no. not out yet. But um, the themes they have gone with seem pretty different from what they've already got in the game, which I think is is great for me. They're kind of they're bringing in other biomes like the jungle and some sort of winter biome. Uh, that's, I, I assume that's going to be coming out around like Christmas holiday sort of time, like around the end of the Probably, year. Probably, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, Jungle Awakens is coming in July, which is fast. Yeah, and and, and in my head, we, I mean, we don't know when one sixteen is going to come out, but end of June, early July is generally when we've seen you know Minecraft updates. Sometimes as late as August. Uh, so to have the DLC for Dungeons come in the same month as one sixteen, I thought was odd. I'm not complaining because I think it's great that it's happening so soon. Yeah. I was just, I had purchased the Hero Edition and just leaned back and thought, yep, it'll be September or Christmas before we get an expansion. And that's fine. There seems to be plenty to do in this game until then. And so July is quick. Uh, the screenshots that they have in the article look fantastic. I love the look of this vine tree monster golem thing. Yeah, you, you seem uh, you seem to have like carnivorous plants as enemies, which is something we've never seen in Minecraft before. Please add those to jungles. Man, um, I love I love me some plants versus zombies. So yeah. uh, if you want if you want to do plants versus zombies slash Diablo slash Minecraft dungeons, I am on board. Plants and <laughs> zombies versus you, I think, is the, the the plants and zombies team up at long last. Um, but yeah, no. I, th I think Jungle Awakens looks really cool and is probably going to be a nice addition to the game for people who, I mean, you, you said you're, you're quite happy with the length of it right now. I think some people were actually kind of dissatisfied with the length of it, considering that you can, if you run through it super fast and don't explore the level super heavily, you can complete the main story in five to six hours. So I think some people were disappointed with that and wanted more from the storyline of the game. And it seems like this might add a light story, kind of like the main game has, but with the jungle theme and considering how much other stuff this points to in terms of other directions they could go with future DLC, this hasn't even touched on the nether or the end yet. Uh, very, very cool. I like the, there's also, the look of this. There's also some island expansion thing happening. The, if you go to the, if you look at the map, there's there's a a little ender pearl icon on it yeah yeah island adventure or something so that could be cool too and i don't know if that's part of the dlc or if that's maybe a portal to get to the dlc yeah that's that's the, really the impression sure. the impression i get is that the mainland that we are currently on is uh the the main area that in which the campaign takes place at but then you can ender pearl to this dlc at some point when it comes out whether that's through another portal or through some other kind of means of transport that's where the dlc hub is going to be for future missions mm. not not basing that on anything other than my own assumptions but we will we'll see what happens and then creeping winter later in the year looking forward to more information about that as well also cross-platform play the fact that they're working on that is going to be really cool because uh some of my friends do not have a pc they have access to minecraft but they don't they're playing it on the mac you know so they 
uh, they don't have access to dungeons. So being able to play on a Switch and potentially teaming up with somebody on a Switch that while well, I'm on my PC, if that's even possible, that would be awesome. Yes, we have had a bit of feedback from our folks in the Discord about Minecraft Dungeons and what they are playing on. And some folks have said there are a couple of technical issues with the Switch version. It tends to crash kind of frequently. I'm not sure quite what's oh. causing that. But I feel like it's it's difficult to port these games to different platforms when they all have different hardware specifications. And I think the Switch right. is kind of underpowered compared to like uh, modern PC specs and the Xbox and so forth. So I, right. I, do, I do wonder how the experience is on Switch. And of course, if you feel like writing in about that uh the email is spawnchunkmail at gmail.com if you want to share your experiences with minecraft dungeons on whatever platform you play uh, it'd be super great to hear from you did you want to briefly touch on this uh cloak clothing line and the, the sort of merchandise i have to say i kind of want to get the hardback guide for minecraft dungeons if only to find out what the names of some of the mobs are because it doesn't always tell you in game there is no like in-game bestiary so I'm kind of I have that, that can... issue too. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm not a, usually a hardback guide person. I'm not that into, you know, going through the games and that kind of level of detail. I used to be when I, Nintendo Power Magazine, I had a subscription when I was a kid. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I am curious about stuff like that because I think how in the game does it tell you? Is it only when you have a boss fight and they put up the name or... It's boss fights and the only other time I've seen certain enemies named is when you get an enchanted one and then it shows up on screen what their enchantments are. It'll say like, you know, enchanted spider with, you know, f fast attack and you know, yeah. burning lava trail or whatever. And so the only way I found out that wraiths were called wraiths uh, which are the kind of blue floating enemies that you encounter okay, a little bit later. Okay, that was I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah they're, they're in the desert temple, I think, first, if you're playing on like yep. lower difficulties. But yeah, They're it's, rough, man. <laughs> they, they are, but it, uh, I had no idea what they were called. And I was just calling them like liches or necromancers or whatever. And there's like, I actually nailed the name of the geomancer because I've been talking about wanting a geomancer villager for a while. And there's this illager in um, Pumpkin Pastures onwards who, um, yeah, spawns these giant stone pillars around you to block your way and stuff and uh i i i started calling that one the geomancer before i realized that was even its name but there is no real way in game of knowing what those are they're just like things for you to hit and if they're not in the core minecraft game then we don't know the nomenclature for them yet uh mm -hmm. so so I, i'm kind of interested to get that guide just to see if it has a little bit more information about what each of those are and there's potentially information there that, like, is this an undead mob, technically? So does Smite work better on it versus other right. enchantments? And, like, knowing how the game classifies certain things, if that information is in the guide, would be very helpful to me, actually. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I'm less excited about the merch. I um, don't know if About the, the clothing line, yeah. The clothing line. Uh, I, I mean, I've seen Minecraft merch before. I'm not a big merch guy, and I understand that the design of some of the stuff is probably maybe not aimed at me, but unless you're a fan of cloak, 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 and I say that with a, a tongue in cheek because their logo is all over everything. Like it's almost like you have to be as big of a fan of cloak as you do of Minecraft dungeons. It seems like the dungeons design, the dungeons IP is secondary to, to these designs. Um, so I, I'm not a fan. I, I would much rather have, uh, and this is something we can get into more in the main discussion because it relates to the design of Minecraft Dungeons. But I think, pardon the pun, the icons in Minecraft Dungeons are iconic. Like when you see that sword or you see that that 
mushroom. What's the what's the mushroom? The death cat mushroom. Level? Death cat mushroom. Uh, especially when it's early level, fishing rod, death cat mushroom, uh, boots of swiftness, things that everybody that's played the game for five minutes has probably seen. Just give me that on a t-shirt, like a periodic table, just one. And that's all I need. You know, I think people that are fans of the game would be way more inclined to have cool stuff like that on it. Uh, most of what I, the closest thing I could find was, was a mushroom, but it just, it has cloak everywhere. And you're just kind of like, so is there a mushroom cloak in the game? Like I just, it all seems to be very confusing. Uh, and it's definitely just not my style. Um, I don't want to besmirch anybody that is excited and, and, and is looking forward to getting any of the merchandise because um, obviously to each their own, but I was really surprised considering how minimal the design is in Minecraft dungeons and how clean it is. Uh, the design of the closing is anything but. I'm not sure if you felt the same way. Yeah, it's not my thing, and I'm yeah. I'm, I'm fairly resigned to the fact that I'm not the most fashionable person in the world, so this might push <laughs> buttons for people for whom it, it you know it doesn't for me. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to see um, dungeons almost like launching as big as it has, with there being like instantly a clothing line and a strategy guide, and I think a bunch of YouTube folks also got sent like care packages with plush redstone golems and stuff in. So right. like they're 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 doing the most with this. They're like they're 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 firing on all cylinders. So you got to admire that. And I believe uh ten percent of the revenue from the cloak clothing line also goes to a COVID nineteen relief charity. Um, that's so, cool. So that's super great, obviously. But yeah, the the clothing itself not really my thing. Um, like you, I'm not the biggest merch guy, but I have bought a couple of things in recent years and this doesn't necessarily appeal to me but it's not necessarily designed to so yeah um, i mean like i i'm a graphic tea guy i like i like a good superman shirt or a, or a, a green lantern t-shirt or captain america or something like that but i just and there's there are things from minecraft that i would totally wear on a shirt but it's just like i can't <laughs> nothing from this line really kind of speaks to me to the point where it's like well that doesn't really say minecraft dungeons to me but i guess i think part of it too Minecraft has been around for so long that there are inherent social memes that just go with it, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas we don't really have that yet. You know, for Minecraft Dungeons, I kind of feel like it has to be around longer before somebody makes a joke about like the fishing rod or, you know, about the wizard's hat, which I love. Like stuff like that is where people, where it becomes like, oh, like you, that's OP or, or this is, you know, this is the instant death or something like that. I, I uh, feel like I those might... are the things that people might, might cling to. I might have a couple of options for you in the main discussion, uh, but we'll get to that. <laughs> First of all, we've got yes. some email to read and this one. Uh, we do. Yeah, this one is uh, coming in from Lord Valor. Why don't you take this one? Absolutely. Uh, the subject of the email is experimenting with Minecraft dungeons. Hello, Pixel Riffs and Joel. I love the podcast. It gives me something to listen to while I'm cooped up in quarantine. Keep it up. Okay, I think we will. Uh, I have been playing Minecraft dungeons and I am really enjoying it. I am finding, though, that I am getting quite a few sh uh, swords, axes, and armor in my inventory over time. Sometimes I have a hard time giving up some of the gear because it has a new enchantment I want to try. But salvaging my current weapon or armor for its upgrade point may be a downgrade for me downgrade for me in the long run. How are you experimenting with all of the enchantments and weapons available when there are so many great options? Should I be watching streams and videos to get more knowledge about the game so I know what I might prefer? Thanks for your entertainment you provide. Best regards, Lord Valor. Lord Valor writes into this to the Citadel Cafe too. So thanks very much for the great email, Lord Valor. Um, I've got some thoughts on this right off the top. Um, I have the same issue uh, that you do with the game, uh, in that you 
kind of feel limited uh, with what you can hold and what you want to keep and what's good for you. I'd love to have a chest, small, small capacity back at camp. So stuff that you can't have access to when you're playing a level, but you don't want to dismiss right away because it, like you said, it has a cool enchant and it might be good for a boss fight or it might be good for something. Now you do have a fairly large inventory. I think it's like 30 slots. I've not been to a situation where I've been full. Like I've never been forced to salvage something. I've always had room to collect things I need, uh, but I'm also taking the time to salvage things that are basically junk for me um, before I start a mission. Um, currently, my build focuses on sustainability. So I'm trying to balance max health with max damage reduction, and then offensively, any kind of damage over time or damage reduction to enemies. I think it's weakness or weakening. I don't remember the name of the enchantment. It's purple, I know that much. Uh, and it makes a purple cloud over the bad guys and they, they hurt you less. So in the combination with all of those things basically means I last a lot longer in, in a fight. Um, the issue with keeping weapons uh, with enchants that you want to try is that you will quickly out-level that weapon. And this is something that I've done where, oh, I want to try leeching. And this is a really cool weapon. It's some knives or some um, sickles that had leeching on them. It's like, I'll try those. And then I played one more level and I out-leveled those to the point where like, well, even if leeching was cool, they're like six points below my power rating now. So I don't want to use them. I've got something that does three times the damage. So why would I use those when I can clearly use this new thing? So what I say, if you want to try something, try it. Uh, you can get the enchantment point back if it doesn't work out. It's not the end of the world, which I love about the way that they've structured this game. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're wasting enchantment points. You get them and you get them all back. I salvaged that um, that weapon that had a full tier three weakness. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, enchantment on it. And I got all six points back yep. when I salvaged that, which I didn't think was good. I thought I was going to get three. Like I was just like, I figured there had to be a cost, you know, but it's not. Um, alternatively, you could do another playthrough with a new character, salvage weapons you've used before just on site, and then you like go in favor of stuff you've just not tried. Don't don't make a decision based on how you're doing to say, well, I've never used daggers, so I'm using daggers this time, and that's the only thing I'm going to use, or or I'm going to build that specific way. Um, I have been, been watching streams because of potential spoilers. I haven't finished the game yet. Uh, but once you've played through the story once, depending on how you feel about the discovery spoilers, watching other people play is a good way to look outside your own experience as well. Um, I do, however, really like currently the ooh shiny factor of seeing new weapon or new enchant or new artifact in the game that I had no idea even existed. Uh, so I have been watching streams. Um, I don't know. How about you, Pexervis? Like when it comes to... When it comes to experimenting with stuff like how are you going about it in the game uh i have been watching a couple of streams and i was surprised to find that basically everybody has a different setup to me and i when, whenever i would dip into streams i would see stuff that i'd never seen before so if anything it was kind of fun hopping into those streams and finding people being like oh hey like check it out i have this amazing sword that deals a ton of fire damage and and, or, or like I, I'd found a, a unique glaive that did like a ton of damage or something. And there's there's some really cool stuff to be found outside of your own experience. So yeah, I, I do I do think it's it's fun to get that stuff and, and and maybe find that that's the stuff you want to aim for. If you're like right, I'm gonna play until I find that weapon. Um, then then it gives you some other objectives if you know it's out there to begin with. Which once again is another reason I want to get the the hardback guide for this game is knowing what else is out there that I haven't found yet. When I'm on that kind of completionist bent of I want to find 
everything just so i've had the full experience you know um i agree that there should be some sort of storage chest or maybe the option to buy back um items that you've salvaged maybe unique items only uh, maybe for a higher price because you know what you're getting but right. um i used to play destiny one and destiny one did this with the exotic weapons once you had acquired them either through uh them being you know rare drops from gameplay or occasionally like once per week a character would show up at the tower and you could buy exotic weapons from him um and he'd always have something different and the perks on it would be different but then once you had acquired it once even if you junked it for whatever you got back in that game i can't remember now um you could buy them again from a kiosk at the tower and sometimes they'd have a different set of perks uh and perks just being like kind of like the enchantments in dungeons you know so if you if you scrap like a unique say uh diamond sword and it doesn't have enchantments you want you can buy it back from someplace and maybe it has different enchantments that you like a little bit better instead of you having to grind levels over and over again on, in the hope that you'll get that diamond sword that has a better set of enchantments might yeah. seem like a better system to me but that's not currently in the game i don't know if they plan to add that in future if there's you know a greater variety of weapons if it makes more sense then or or what um i do like the fact that you can zero in on that stuff though so if you're finding that you want sword style weapons you look for those weapons in the little icons that appear when you're loading up the levels and you know not to grind for swords in a place that's only going to give you daggers or sickles or like you, you don't want to go to the swamp if you want the heavier weapons like glaives you want to go to like redstone mines for that uh right so so the game kind of does that intuitively and seeds different loot in different areas um as an alternative approach to uh just starting a new character you can clone your character from the main character select screen from basically the main menu um, this doesn't clone your entire inventory, but it does clone anything that that character has equipped. It will, you know, completely wipe all your emeralds and anything that you're not actively holding, but you get your artifacts, your armor, melee weapon, and bow. So if you want to, you can, you know, save your character that has all of the inventory and stuff, uh, then go through, equip a sword and a bow that you feel like checking out, maybe some different armor, clone the character while they're wearing those, and you can go back in and swap some stuff around, clone the character again, and then you get multiple permutations of the same character at the level that you're at right now, and the power level you're at right now, all with different gear. So potentially you can clone your character out that way if you want to experiment and have like a couple of offshoots, branches of the same character, all rocking different gear. Uh, that, that might be a little bit time-consuming, and again, bear in mind it does clear the inventory for the new character, not your you know main character but the the new one that you're you're the clone that you create has no inventory aside still from that's color. really cool i didn't know you could do that and so is it the same skin can you change the skin later um i think you can change the skin whenever you want to from the character select screen that's really cool so you could essentially you know if you built up a bunch of stuff and you're you just finished the swamp and you realize that you have a lot of rogue gear you could totally just make a roguelike character in terms of like dress your dress your tank like a rogue clone it and then go back and dress your tank like a tank again and still have all your all your main gear you know and then have an offshoot character that's the same level yeah um although i want to say because i was experimenting with this trying to figure out how to get the right power level if you have different gear i'm pretty sure your power level will change if the gear is less than what you're currently wearing yeah because uh... i i 
Sorry, I mean, your, 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 your player level won't change, but your power level would right yeah um the power level is really just a guideline though as far as i can tell like it, it doesn't mm. seem to affect the gear you get from the blacksmith and the wandering trader those seem tied to your player level and right. um the power level is really just so you know if you're underpowered going into a level where you're you know moving the difficulty slider around and seeing where you need to be for for completing the challenges that are in that level so i think yeah, power level can be more of a guideline, and then once you know what kind of gear you like using, you can maybe try and grind for higher level gear of that class. Um, it right. does mean so, if you want to, you have like a level 90 character or something absurd like that, because I know some people out there have, and, and much higher. You can just clone a level 90 character and be playing at that difficulty level as much as you want. Um, right. The reason I asked that is because when I was trying to figure out um, where to go next in my last playthrough... Uh, I had removed some armor and then it's like, oh, wait a minute. I thought I was a higher power level rating. And it turns out like just switching out that one piece of armor for, I think it was like rogue type gear for more tank like gear. And my power rating was flipping between 16 and 18, depending yeah. on which set of armor I was wearing. So, but that's cool though. I did not know that you can, I didn't even see that in the interface that you could clone a character. That's good to know. Yeah, it's pretty handy. Um, I, Again, the alternative alternative is create new characters and do multiple playthroughs. Uh, the game is actually quick enough that you can feasibly do this. And that I think is the counterpoint to people saying the game doesn't have a whole lot of content. The content is going back through, finding new weapons, finding new ways to beat the game, new strategies, different builds, that kind of thing. And the fact that you can go through the default difficulty in you know, four to eight hours means that it doesn't take long to get a second playthrough started and play it completely differently. Um, yeah. The first time through, I trashed anything that didn't work for my rogue build. Now I'm going back through with a second character and messing around with the heavier melee weapons just to see what I missed. Because at mm -hmm. the time I was salvaging everything going, nope, that doesn't have synergy with the stuff I want. Uh, let me just, you know, trash all of that for emeralds and keep going through the blacksmith. Um, yeah. I think we're already getting into our main discussion here, so let's let's go in depth. First of all, um, we've tried to keep it spoiler-free thus far, and we'll be keeping it spoiler-free as far as the plot goes for the remainder of this discussion. We are going to be talking about the weapons and armor that we found, um, and, and the artifacts and stuff that we really like, and probably where those can be found, but we're probably not going to go into the plot, what happens at the end. Joel hasn't beaten the game yet either, so I don't want to spoil the experience for you. Um, but then I think it's it's going to be a different level of spoilers for everybody. So if you don't want to hear about the stuff that is out there gear-wise, um, then yeah, maybe tune back in a little bit later or maybe play the game a little bit more and then come back to this discussion because uh, we're about to get into it. So, Joel, your experience of Minecraft Dungeons, please. Man, I, I don't know where to start other than just <laughs> I really enjoy this game. It, uh, I was a Diablo player. I was not an endgame Diablo player. I played through it once and did a little bit of, of post, you know, first playthrough play. But, I, you know, I, it didn't really grab me in that way. But I just, as a Minecraft fan, uh, Dungeons is just, it is a ton of fun. It yeah. is visually uh, rewarding, you know, uh, right off the bat, you start to feel more powerful. The firework arrow is great. You can upgrade that and it just piles and piles and piles and piles. And I'm just, I'm having a ton of fun. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's an excellent escape from 
the the 116 kind of like doldrums of like wow i kind of want to build stuff but i kind of want to wait and i'm also on a big project in a modern city in minecraft and like all the things i want to do next are ginormous and it's like oh i don't really want to start a big thing right now it's a good game so, to procrastinate with in that in yeah, that respect isn't it yeah 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 How i also do find it fun to interact with the chat like there's a lot more there's a lot more going there's a lot more questions so i find streaming dungeons is great because there's i did a poll and about 30 to 40 percent of my chat room had not played the game and have not owned the game but were watching me play so they had great questions like how does that work what does it do how, you know how do you know and then i was asking stuff of people that have played a little bit longer than me going like where the heck is the soul meter is there how do i tell how many of these i have and so we were going back and forth on that so it's a really cool learning experience as well um i as you mentioned i've not beaten the game uh i have not beaten the necromancer in the desert, although I have fought the necromancer in the desert temple. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I almost one. had him. He's a tough one. I almost had him. And then he did something and I was full health and he one-shotted me. And oh. I was like, that did not, that did not feel good. That's rough. That did just not feel, it was just like, all of a sudden there was eight of him and eight of his friends and they all kind of went, poof. Yeah. And I was just like, what just happened? There was nothing I could do. And it was at the end of like a solid one hour play session yeah yeah you know, between breaks they put some pretty tough like, boss fights at the end of long yeah. levels <laughs> yeah and i was like you know what i'm done with that for now we're gonna keep playing because i was having fun but we're gonna go do something else something i really do like about the game is that you never oh okay i say thus far i have never had only one option right yeah i yeah. it's not it's not here's your bottleneck it's like okay you have to beat um the cactus uh i think it's the cactus valley C What's cacti canyon cacti canyon you have to be cacti canyon but after that you've got the um fiery forge and the desert temple so you yes. can choose between them um but i think that's the only bottleneck and it's been great because it, it allows you to choose like oh i got frustrated with that but then you can go to fiery forge and gear up a little bit get a little more levels and then when you go back it becomes a little bit easier i did not beat the soggy swamp the first time through the end boss battle owned my face i just did not have enough healing power or or strategy at that time and game knowledge to to deal with the creepy cauldron mm -hmm. at the end curse cauldron yeah um and, and how, how have you been doing in terms of like difficulty level like where are you playing at are you playing at your power level above um or a little bit below or how, how are you handling above. the difficulty stuff yeah so I, i've i've i found that i've gone through one place where I was at level 16 and the next level up was like level 20 or 22 and it was like 1.5 difficulty and I went in there and I basically got owned. I yeah. think I beat it, but it was only because it wasn't like a boss battle. It was just like the, the end battle was basically just like one of those waves and waves and waves of people. Um, but in, in the levels that I had done before in the beta where I knew what to expect, uh, I was going in luckily i was being rated above level two but below level three mm -hmm. so like the power ratings are 16 and 22 and i was like 18 yeah. so going in at 18 on a 22 is actually not bad it's challenging it's fun uh you gotta think like you can't just spam and go in there and own face you have to you have to really think about what you're doing and change your strategies and stuff um I, I haven't beaten Fiery Forge. I've been in it, but I ran out of time on stream. And I think for me, it's been at least eight hours, but I'm taking my time. Yeah. Like I'm really crawling through these places and I'm taking 20 or 30 minutes um, over the course of a stream 
all told together to empty the inventory, decide what to enchant. Like I'm kind of building things out and talking with the chat. Yeah. I actually, I really like that, that ability to be at the camp and have a chance to talk with chat and decide what to do and answer questions and stuff like that. So I'm really, I'm quite liking that. Um, in terms of the difficulty, I like the pacing. I like that you feel overwhelmed. Very often when I'm playing at my power level, I'll be down to like 25% of my health, which makes you pay attention, but it doesn't frustrate you. Like you're not getting utterly destroyed every time. I, in places where I've died, where it's not been a boss fight, I've known the mistake that I've made. Like yeah. it's like, oh, I know what happened there. I rolled and I shouldn't have, or I got caught or something that I do a lot, which I need to figure out how to fix is that um, currently I have my inventory as E and my heel was, was R and I kept on hitting my inventory button, <laughs> oh, no. instead of my heel button yeah. which completely blocks the screen. Not only did you not heal, but now you can't see what's going on. And then you, you um, just see your character taking damage in the uh, inventory yeah. screen. <laughs> That's like, yeah. Oh, so, so I've, I've moved it to D so heel is now D, which means I don't have to move my finger. Uh, which is good, and um, so and I've also picked up a couple of artifacts and stuff that have helped me along the way. But yeah. but like I said, like I you know I played, I slayed, I died, and I don't mind because like it's it's difficult enough that if I died a boss battle, uh, and this I guess not to get ahead of myself, but this is one thing I did find that I was surprised at. I got all the way down to the end of the creepy cauldron, and I just happened to be standing in the wrong place. Like I thought I thought I had enough DPS. To, to get rid of him at the very last health bar. He had like 5% left. And then he did the ring of fire and I was standing too close. Mm. And I didn't realize that because of the perspective, because of the way that, you know, I was above him and I didn't realize how close I was to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And I died. And when I came back, he was at 5% health. I walked out to him and basically flicked him in the forehead and he and I won. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, that, and, I, and I was fully expecting to have to do it again but I knew how to do it. So I wasn't really that worried. And I just felt like, ah, I just, I got overconfident and I stood in the wrong spot. Just, you know, it's a game mechanic I have to get used to. It was just me being a little overconfident, but I was not necessarily disappointed. I didn't want to do it again because it's a longish fight, but I just, I was surprised I wasn't punished. Like I'm surprised that I was able to just like spawn back in and be just like, oh, um, he's basically dead. <laughs> Like, yeah, it it felt strange. I thought he was going to be at least half or 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 full power. Like I thought, it's like you've died. I guess it's because it wasn't my last life. That was the only reason that it wasn't. Uh, yeah, and and if but. if you if you game over on a level, you do have to go and play it from the beginning. Yeah, so that's the only the real yeah. punishing element of it. But then again, you don't lose your inventory. You don't lose any emeralds. Like you haven't like dropped anything. It's not the mm -hmm. roguelike uh, Minecraft experience that people are used to from the core game where like you have to go back and get all of your items recover your souls in like the dark souls kind of way um it doesn't work that way at all in this game and i think that's good i think that's probably where they're pitching it in terms of difficulty the, the player base maybe some younger players wanting to get into the game and there is potential for stuff like that to be introduced on higher difficulties but i still think the game scales really well for for higher difficulties and I think it's nice that you don't end up being punished too much because that might put me off playing the level again if I feel like the same thing is just going to happen again and I'm going to be set back away and have to grind my yeah. way back into it. Yeah, I agree. So that I mean that's kind of like my my general experience from the first the first go at it. How how has yours been? The overview. Yeah, mine has been again very very good. I like this game a lot. Uh I beat default difficulty. Uh did that over two streams on Twitch. I'd say it took about seven hours total for me to beat the story once. 
Um, I explored every level pretty thoroughly, like I was opening the map every so often to check that there were areas that I hadn't gone into yet. Um, and I was trying to find as many kind of little hidden chests and stuff as I could just to try and get some some loot. Eventually, I think I was uh, skipping my way through sections of the last level just because I wanted to get to the end of the experience. I wanted to see what the boss was and, and find out what was next. Um, so since that, I've created two new characters, one to kind of play through casually and try out the weapons I discarded, because like I said earlier, I was playing more of like a rogue style, built for speed, fast weapons and that kind of stuff, and a, a very up-close melee approach, whereas now I'm feeling like a lot happier with stuff like glaives, which have a really long range and that kind of stuff. Um, my second playthrough is a personal challenge, which I will get into a little bit later once we've had more of a discussion, because, uh, yeah, you guys are going to like this. It's a little bit, little bit silly. Um, I've also played some multiplayer, uh, with The Hot Dish, a previous guest on the show, and, uh, a couple of her, uh, streaming collaborators. Uh, there was no voice call. She was streaming at the time, so I was just listening into her stream, and I think it was easy enough for a pickup game where I wasn't, like, in a Discord call, uh, to follow the flow of the game without direct communication. The emote system that they have in there is pretty cool. Um, the one uh, bit of feedback from that was that there was a pretty regular connection issue when we finished a level. Everybody would get, like, kicked back to the character select screen once we won, and oh. I'd have to, like, rejoin the session from there. But when you rejoined and went back to camp, I mean, even if I think even if you didn't go back to camp with all of the other people, you still got rewards for the level you just finished. So that chest still appears that gives you an item at the end of the level when you go right. back into camp. So that's not bad because it's not just like, you know, kicking you in the teeth after you've just been, uh, you know, thrown out of this collaborative gameplay experience. You're still getting yeah. the rewards that you're owed. Um so that was that was uh, a fun experience. They were much higher level than I was. <laughs> so I find that if you're in a level and they're doing like a higher difficulty, you feel a little bit... If, if you are underpowered, you feel underpowered. Um, I was taking down uh, a zombie within like, you know, five or six slashes of a dagger, and then the next zombie would just one-shot me and then they'd have to come and revive me. But I had enough things like, a, you know, a firework arrow crossbow that I could use as like let me clear out this area a little bit more and I'd take out some of the basic enemies and then they could come in and clean up some of the the um, the kind of higher difficulty ones. So I think ultimately I felt like I contributed, <laughs> even though I was probably 20 or 30 levels lower than they wow. were uh, experience-wise. Did, did you find any of the, like, was there any cool mechanics that were being used in the group where like, you know, healing auras or protection yes. auras and things? Yeah, Absolutely. That, that stuff was going on, the, yeah. The first thing Dish said was like, stay close to Chris. He has radiance. So every time he fires his weapon, it's going to heal you. And I was like, okay, I'm sticking by him. And I tried my best to keep up with them as they went through the level. TNT is still really good as well. Like the consumables and stuff will scale the damage they do based on what difficulty you're on, I think. So you right. can still clear out a room of zombies on a higher difficulty if you just chuck TNT in the right place, uh, which is very good. Um, so yeah, the, f the first thing I saw after I finished my default playthrough, I raided, I think, F-Whip or somebody who had been grinding the game since before it came out because they got early access. And... I saw somebody on Apocalypse difficulty doing damage in the thousands. And oh my gosh. Yeah, like once it gets to higher levels of the game, you are dealing with enemies that have a super high HP threshold and you are doing super high damage. So it, it feels like the, the power level increases sort of exponentially almost to the point where you are getting uh, armor that can give you 3,000 health 
and higher, you know? And I wow. don't know what the level cap is in this game either. I don't know, like, what the upper limit is, if there even is one. It seems it's, to be above 100. Like It's you can... probably based on whatever graphical interface they can fit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, what... Once it hits four digits, we're kind of stuck. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, but, Y2K. But, but it's not like a level 99 thing where you can't go over that. There are people who have right. characters who are, like, level 150. I was seeing people with gear that had a rating over 100. Like My it's gosh. it's it's good. It's deep, and you can probably get to the point where you are beating Apocalypse difficulty handily if you keep grinding through those levels. Um, mm. It's also very cool to see that everybody has a different play style because, like, I was doing rogue stuff. I join your stream. You're doing more tanky kind of melee stuff. You've got the armor that does damage reduction. Um, I saw um, Stingin was streaming, and he had like a cool soul build where. He was gathering souls from stuff using little ma magical artifacts, using the armor that increased your magic power. And there's enough gear to sustain that for either multiple solo playthroughs or for multiplayer to have a really well-built-out set of classes and people can mix and match stuff. So that's oh, super yeah. fun. Yeah, having having spells as a melee player, like having some artifacts that can do some stuff is, is super cool. Uh, for me, I just started experimenting with soul power in my latest stream. I yep. didn't even know it was a thing. I get an artifact. It's like, oh, this will distur disperse souls in an explosion. It's called the harvester, which is weird because it doesn't harvest anything. It just it. Well, I guess it does, but it it more, more so it disperses them in a giant soul explosion. Uh, and I'm t it's huge. It's like the size of a firework if you get it done right. And and I was like, okay, well, it needs souls. How do I get souls? And no, there was no explanation about how to get souls until later on when I picked up the soul blade, when it says, oh, this will um, collect souls from uh, from enemies. And I thought, okay, well, now I know how to use that. So I equipped that. Then I got uh, bone armor. I can't remember the name of the armor, but the, the armor is basically a skeleton that you wear. Yeah. And it says, uh, collects 100% more souls. So all of a sudden I had like two artifacts, a weapon and armor that was collecting souls. So I was just, I was full of soul. I was a soul man. <laughs> you, st uh, you start to get that stuff around desert temple when the kind of like the necromancer yeah. themes start creeping in. Souls will actually it's... get gathered. If you have a soul, artifact of some kind you just have to beat yep. mobs and the little like yep. soul particle will rise up out of them but uh... which i thought was great because i wasn't a real big fan of the sword but i realized that if i had if i had the armor on and one artifact i would still gather souls and i thought perfect like this is great so i had a soul powered healing artifact that had a one second cooldown which is honestly a little op mm -hmm. uh and then i had this uh this harvester and man when you've got the gear like I had, which was negative 35% damage. So you take less damage. You have 105 health or something bananas. Um, so I switched from using the bone armor to using my, my, my tank armor with my glaive that was going in and weakening everything. So I'm just marching into, I don't know, 15, 20 zombies and bad guys all swarming me and then going click. <laughs> and then the soul explosion just dismantles everything yeah and so basically it's like a superhero landing in the middle of all these mobs mm -hmm. and uh you can go back and watch the clips on my my twitch channel i giggled like i was 12 uh <laughs> <laughs> it was it's very satisfying and so i want to experiment more with the soul thing because i think that it's it's got a neat mechanic and i like how you don't have to use like a, a specific weapon that you may not like to gather it. And I like that it's not like a Mario thing where you have to run over them to collect them. Like they, they kind of float towards you, which I think is great. It really just adds so much mysticism to the gameplay. I like, it was something I had no idea was in the game. It was a really fun 
discovery uh live on stream uh yesterday which was, was great um the other thing that i've i've found that i've gravitated towards is my glaive glaives for the win man yeah uh, i'm not sure if you've used them at all but so far it's it's my favorite weapon it, yeah it uh it has all the things that i like it has several different animations it has an insane range for a melee weapon and the last swipe with it is a is a sweeping attack that hits multiple enemies yeah and combined with uh the enchant that um weakens the enemies it was just a lifesaver for me because i was having a little i'm not a big you know dungeon crawler gamer like i'm not the best twitch gamer out there in terms of like you know twitch reflexes so being able to last a little bit longer and being able to keep enemies that hit like trucks like um the armored i think it's the armored illagers yeah they will really mess you up <laughs> they uh, will and the vindicators with like the horned helmets and stuff yeah 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 so you got to keep those guys at a distance and the glaive is fast enough that you can kind of hit them a couple of times or with a combination of like a, a point blank bow shot, which always makes me feel like an Urukai when I do it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and a couple of glaive hits and it's enough to push them back that you'll survive it and they don't get anywhere near you. And so that it's been an absolute lifesaver. And then I ended up with rogue armor um, that increased my attack speed by 25% boy howdy is that fun with a glaive yeah i'm sure <laughs> like it, it's just it's really cool and yes i mean that's it's it's that's kind of where i am with my build right now i do have a, a really cool bow um i think i only just retired it recently for a, a more powerful one but a twin bow was my sidearm for the longest time and no enchant needed it just shot two projectiles at two different enemies and mm -hmm. so you start with twin arrows and then you can add like explosives and other stuff to them so Man, it was just an excellent way to kind of like get through some of the bottleneck levels that I was experiencing. Um, what was like, so what, I know you were going with speed and I think you mentioned speed synergy um, the last time we spoke about it. So what have you been doing in terms of your your weapons and like what artifacts have you found that have just been super cool? So for my rogue playthrough, I was just swapping stuff until I got, you know, whatever was best at the time. Um, I didn't really use the glaives all that much because at that point I'd settled on sickles and daggers um, and swiftness boots, death cap mushroom, basically anything that got me to move or attack faster. When I played Redstone Mine, I got a unique variant of the wolf armor, which was fox armor. And you know me and foxes at this point. Uh, if, <laughs> if people have been listening to the show regularly, uh, they know about my foxes. I have the, There's a, a family of wild foxes that just hangs out in my backyard sometimes. So I, lo I love foxes in Minecraft and in real life and i never took the fox armor off it is still on my character it is probably 11 power levels below what i should be wearing at this point i don't care until i get some better fox armor i'm not taking it off um that one doesn't necessarily have too much stuff aside from a slightly faster move speed that benefits the rogue but it's got a decent health thing it's one of the ones where with wolf armor it uh heals people around you when you drink a health potion is like the main buff for it the fox armor also has a bunch of, like, it's like a percentage chance to negate hits entirely, so you don't take damage sometimes when mobs hit you. Uh, so that allowed me to, you know, play the melee game, like the close range game, pretty well. Um, I started out using heavy crossbows because they sounded cool, but I kept running out of arrows. And then it was only after I did a bit more experimentation between streams that I realized some bows start you with less ammo and only give you 10 arrows per bundle. 
And then mm. if you have like, there's actually along with like power and speed, there is an ammo rating for those bows. And the heavy crossbows give you like very little. And there are multi-shot crossbows, like scatter crossbows and the harp crossbow that I eventually got, which um, they give you way more arrows. You pick up more ammo because you are dispersing more ammo. But then you get enchantments like multi-shot and chain reaction, which uh, not only fire more arrows than the bow is supposed to naturally but then those arrows ricochet off into different places and hit multiple targets and then you combine that with the firework and you use the thing to clear a room um so the lightning harp crossbow became my main sidearm uh for for this one and i spent most of the time with the difficulty slider like one level above what was recommended because i found that a fairly satisfying challenge and I, I did pretty well. Um, the first level that really gave me trouble was, I think, like you, the Desert Temple, because I didn't have a whole lot of healing artifacts at the time. I was just relying on potions. And those enemies that summon other mobs were really tough to take down because I couldn't get up close to them at that point. And I was still using heavy crossbows, so I couldn't really, like, deal a huge amount of damage to a ton of stuff at once. I didn't really use the soul artifacts very much, so I'm looking forward to getting a few more of those. And, and trying out some more magical stuff a little bit later on. But for my first playthrough, you only get one or two. You get the Corrupted Beacon, you get the Harvester. That was basically it. Um, and so I just stuck with physical stuff and, and basically anything that made me faster. I think I finished with the Firework Arrow, the Death Cat Mushroom, and Swiftness Boots. Like, I was keeping it pretty simple. And, like, stuff that you get at the start of this game can carry you through to the end of the game. Um, the final boss, I won't spoil anything, but was great. And it went from easy to terrifying very fast. So have fun with that, folks. Um, <laughs> I also, I ended up trying out a couple of levels on adventure difficulty, and you really feel the difference. Like, I went into oh, yeah. Creeper Woods, I maybe went to difficulty two on adventure, and I was getting my butt handed to me. And that's that's good, because then that means there is depth to the game after that, and reason to replay those levels. Plus, once you get into adventure difficulty, there might be a couple of other secret areas that start to unlock. So uh, there okay, is more cool. depth to this. You probably picked up that scroll that gives you the creepy crypt level. From what I understand, there are more of those out there. I was wondering that because it's one of those things where I feel like the creepy crypts thing just kind of makes sense. Like you've got this random dungeon that's going to squirrel around it's huge it takes a solid hour and 20 minutes to go through every every bit of it unless you're rushing and it's one of those things where uh you can you kind of think that there's going to be more of those adjacent to the main story levels where you're going to be able to go into that environment like the redstone mine and have a giant redstone mine dungeon, right? So I'm looking forward to unlocking those if there's going to be more because I think that's going to be that's going to be cool. Um, some some of the things for me that have stood out and just just some great moments, just fun, kind of whimsical things like kiting skeletons towards me and then watching them be squished by the stone booby traps in desert temple <laughs> they gotta get punched <laughs> from both sides yeah yeah they get smooshed and then they fall and i was like i didn't shoot him did he just die like are these booby traps hitting them too yeah. sure enough they are it's, it's brilliant um sending a heavy illager the ones with the horns horned helmets tumbling after a one shot over the edge into the fiery forge mm -hmm. in just one foul swoop now he was already 
dead. Like I got him. It's not like it was, it was, I used the, the, the kickback to kill him, but it was just that satisfying physics of him doing like a spin. Like he just got roundhouse oh, kicked by a giant arrow. The, and the, then the ragdoll physics in this game are so much fun. Oh, it's, and, and the fact that he was there and then gone in a minute and it was yeah. very clear that he kind of went over into the lava mm -hmm. and myself and the chat were just like, <laughs> you're, you're like, wow, you're like, that man is dead now. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. See ya. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed stuff like that. Uh, and then finally, uh, like I mentioned before, releasing the full power of the harvester of souls when you are mobbed by, uh, mobs in a checkpoint fight, like the, like the real serious fights man is it fun yeah. like it just it shakes the room and stuff goes flying and it's it, it, they all have this like we've got you now kind of vibe to it mm -hmm. and you're like nope big red button click and then see you later everybody it was i yeah i i had a blast with some of the combinations of artifacts and i know what you mean about the early artifacts sticking with you i still use the firework arrow now granted i've upgraded it i found i got a new one so it's it's not it's a higher yeah um, it does damage. like more damage at that point yeah and it's a broader range too but i also continuously keep the boots of swiftness on me because i find that um especially in places like the desert temple and uh i was trying to think about one oh um evading um redstone golems that are quick on their feet for big mm -hmm. dudes yeah uh the boots of swiftness come in very very handy uh and i i've kept them on my bar pretty much exclusively yeah definitely um this game is not without its problems though like we've been talking it up a lot but there are i think are still a, f a few technical issues with it if not gameplay issues then um a couple of things i've run into are issues with like collision and movement here and there yep. um in very rare cases here and, and this is towards the end of the game so i won't say exactly what it is it's on the last level um, right. I would walk into an object I was meant to interact with and I'd just clip straight through it. Like, I wouldn't fall or anything, but it would meant to be something that I was going to step on and it just didn't step on it. Like, I, my character sunk into the block and was, like, oh. clipping through it. Um, so there is some stuff that I don't know what causes that. It seems to be kind of random, which is frustrating because it's unpredictable. And a lot of the time you're in high-pressure situations in that last level, so you want to be able to to you know have stuff work the way it's supposed to work i would also run into some issues where i got stuck on scenery with mobs attacking me and be unable to move and sometimes i could dodge roll out of it but sometimes they were just blocking the path of my roll and i couldn't seem to get free and those are probably the most common cause of death for me if i'm playing carefully yep. um so those are the only bugs i've really encountered so far uh, i'm playing on pc windows 10 uh with an xbox controller but um yeah, I don't know if other people are experiencing the same stuff, if there is other stuff. How about you? Like, maybe not just technical stuff, but maybe what are you feeling about this game could be uh, improved? So the only bug that I've encountered has been um, the redstone golems being so big they can get caught on geometry in the game. And depending on your weapon, you can sort of cheese them. <laughs> I, I'm um, seeing that as a legitimate strategy in a way, though. So <laughs> I chose not to. Um, I, I wanted to... I lured a redstone golem into one of the a chambers in the Fiery Forge that had, like, the river of lava down the middle and then pillars on the sides, thinking that I could basically get some relief and maybe he couldn't follow me. Um, but he followed me and then got caught on, like, a... It was something silly. It was, like, a... Um, 
a brazier. And I was yeah, like, like oh, a little okay. coal fire thing or something. Like yeah. if he if he got stuck behind a pillar, I'd call that a strategy. But he got stuck behind like a so he basically stubbed his toe and couldn't figure out how to get around <laughs> yes. it. I was like, so, okay, something he I, should have just been able to crush. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like I feel kind of bad here. So, so I, so I kited him around it and then fought him. He was pretty much dead anyway. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're hard and and in closed quarters, you think you want to get them in closed quarters, but then they do this spawning explosion particle thing. You're like, oh, maybe I don't want him in places where I can't run away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it becomes tricky. Um, but no, the things that I most noticed are, I would say maybe some gameplay improvements or some design improvements. Um, I wish the single damage stat weapons, things like the great hammer or a pickaxe that don't have a range, they just simply stay, does, 45 damage. Uh, they also have a single attack animation, which is too bad, because it's kind of boring. Yeah. The Great Hammer Slam, it's great, pardon the pun, but it's repetitive, and it's just it just doesn't feel as exciting when you're just constantly doing the same animation over and over again. Yeah. When you have things like sickles that have five different swipes, axe, glaive have got three swords have got two or three um the also the the soul blade that i picked up it has one thrust animation that's it yeah you just stab thrust. don't you yeah and yeah I, I i felt that too i feel like the pickaxe one while obviously like overhead swings of a pickaxe is very minecraft it does feel like the most boring weapon to use to me yeah i feel bad uh i, di- I got a diamond pickaxe at one point and i was like same you know what? I'm going to trash this. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. I just, I just don't see myself using those when the other weapons are more exciting. Like I'm just going for something that feels fun to use. And exactly. sadly the pickaxe really doesn't. And really, and they could have it with overhand swings. Like you could maybe just do one or two, you know, different overhand swings, just change the animation a little bit. Um, I, I can see what they're doing though, because the ranged, the weapons that have a range of damage, they do, the first two swipes that they do are on the lower end of that. Yeah. And then it's their final third roundhouse thing that usually hits more than one enemy that does more damage. You yeah. can test this out on the, on the dummies that are at the, at the camp. Um, but yeah, I guess I feel like they could make it a little bit, a little bit more fun, especially because I feel like if I was using a pickaxe in battle, I would swing it around in a circle. Like yeah. that's one of the techniques I would probably use, mm-hmm. um, which is, so yeah, so that's, that's one of the things that I, I think would be kind of neat. Um, I feel like uh, you should be able to roll up slight inclines, not stairs. I'm not saying you should be able to do a, a, a roll upstairs, but I'm th- I'm thinking like, you know, things that look like less than a half a block because uh, I've done some rolls to evade and I've been caught on what looks like like a molehill and it's like okay yeah <laughs> especially when you and like you said, when you die because of that, you're like, come on, man. Yeah, like, yeah. It feels, I'm, it feels I'm firing. Cheap. Yeah, I have the power of the sun in the palm of my hands mm-hmm. <laughs> with these firework rockets. But you're telling me I can't jump over this rock. <laughs> uh, so that that I found a little bit uh, sticky. Uh, also, and I don't know if you've noticed this. I only noticed it in the Desert Temple. But when stairs run southeast going up, uh, they are very hard to see and understand that they are stairs. Because visually, from perspective, they're like a sliver. Yeah, and, like the, the and, isometric side of things is sometimes yeah. a little bit. So, and because it was a dark dungeon, I just, I found it very difficult to understand that I could go that way uh, or that I would get caught on them if I didn't go that way. Like it was, so I, I didn't die or anything, but I just, I, I felt, I basically walked around this room going like, how the heck do I get out of here? And then realized, <laughs> oh, this is a staircase. Mm-hmm. That's where those skeletons are shooting me from. So like, I, I felt kind of dumb. Uh, so I feel like some of that kind of stuff maybe could be, 
just better lit, you know, from a gameplay perspective, like, oh, hey, there's a staircase over here, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and lastly, um, the soul collection meter in the UI, it took, I had no idea it was there. It took me, the chat had to be like, Joel, it's below your, you yeah. know, it's and below your thing. You don't get like, a tutorial for it at any point, which no. is the problem. So you just start picking up these artifacts and then you realize later that there is something in the, yeah. the in the inventory that's like filling up on the, the, the HUD. And I don't think it's there until you, I haven't checked, but I don't think it's there until you get an artifact that has soul. No, it. It, it is not. Yeah, it's not there at all yeah. until you pick up a harvester or a corrupted beacon or something. And it's very small. And I kind of think like if you look at, if you, if you look at the UI and you look at your level and, or not your level, but your um, enchantment points, they're off on the left-hand side. So it's very far left and it's not small, but it's not um, ginormous either. But compared to that, the soul meter is just minuscule. It's like a couple of pixels. Yeah. And I kind of feel like those should be the same size. If, like, if they increased the soul meter to just a little bit larger, you'd either notice it right away or it would just be a lot easier at a glance. Like once you know it's there, you can look down. Yeah. But I do, I do find it a little, a little bit strange. Now, I, I will also say I did reduce the UI to something like 70%. I find it kind of large at mm -hmm. first. So I did make it a little bit smaller. But still, like it, it is proportionately i did find it small but those are i mean those are the kind of really tiny nitpicks that i think could be improved the big the bigger thing for me is some of the some of the weapons not being as fun and therefore you're like well i don't want to use it i would want to use it but it's just not nearly as fun as the other stuff and i think that's that's the one disappointment that i have on the subject of souls, I kind of wish that you, there was a way for you to collect souls at the camp so that you could try out those artifacts. Because everything else you can try out on the practice right. dummies, but the soul yeah. weapons you can't. And that's kind of a shame to me. Um, I really wish that it was possible to do that. But they need again, to have like a gravestone that you just walk up to and just get like, you know, full of souls. Yeah, you know, or, or like even up. halfway. I feel like most of the artifacts don't even use half of your soul bar. Like it goes in chunks. No, it's true. You know? So yeah, yeah I, I feel like you could get a little bit of that. Um... Right, I before we wrap up here, because I know we're going pretty long, we have a lot to say about this game, I want to introduce you to The Way of the Bare Fist Steve. Um, I've seen this and it's so good. <laughs> so this is something I discovered entirely by accident on one of my streams, that when you unequip your weapons, which you don't have to just swap a weapon for a weapon in your inventory, you can take them out of the inventory slots entirely, you can still punch which does one damage at a time, but it still works. And so when I discovered this, I started compiling a few ideas for like challenge playthroughs. Uh, one of which I still plan on doing another time, which is the kind of Minecraft classic approach in which you only use equipment that's available in vanilla Minecraft. So as far as weapons, you can only use swords, pickaxes, axes, bows, crossbows. Um, and you can't have any of the more fancy stuff like glaives or daggers. Uh, you could also apply that to accessories, so the fishing rod and the firework are still allowed, but you're not allowed the death cap mushroom. I'm still not sure what to do about armor with this, uh, because armor is actually really crucial for certain things. Um, but for bonus points, you could stick to only having vanilla enchantments, so you, you're you only allowed to use sharpness, looting, multi-shots, etc., like stuff that is in vanilla Minecraft. So I was thinking about that. I had another one where you try and beat the game only using the equipment you get from the start, so the sword bow uh fishing rod and firework arrow and so once you beat the tutorial you have everything you need to beat the game not certain if that one would work but my absolute favorite 
was basically a monk class playthrough. You don't have any weapons, uh, you don't have any soul-consuming accessories, which are also pretty powerful weapons. Elemental rolling attacks are not allowed either, because the goal is to punch your way through everything. So you can equip and enchant armor. Uh, any accessories that enhance your physical abilities are fine. I thought I saw I sort of decided that you should allow pets as well because they're kind of early, uh, useful early on. And then consumables like TNT are okay because sometimes they're just really useful in a pinch. So I decided to try the Barefist Steve playthrough to see if it was possible, and I really enjoyed it. Um, basically, you're playing on the lowest possible difficulty for every level because if you don't, you're probably going to die. But doing one damage at a time on difficulty one, you can kill a zombie in four or five hits on Creeper Woods. So you're having to take everything a little bit slowly. And for people who say that they just rush through the game and they it only has four hours of content, try this because one level will take you about two hours. Um, wow. Yeah, it, it kind of encourages a more strategic approach to each level and it makes even the lowest difficulties pretty tough. But it is ultimately doable and if you don't believe me i have a video out about this on my channel and i'm going to be uploading more stuff i am now on the last level of the game and i have not used weapons the entire time here is how uh first of all every time you it, I, i've discovered if you don't have any weapons in your inventory the game gives you a sword and a bow every time you return to camp and every time you start a level so you've got to scrap those for emeralds instantly um you can just keep them in your inventory if you want to, but if you get a sword and a bow every time you change levels, then that means free emeralds every time. Uh, so that can be kind of useful. Um, some of the early levels, like Creeper Woods, for example, the goal is not to kill a bunch of mobs or beat a boss. You just have to free some villagers and get to the exit. So if you want to go through and just get the artifact for completing the level or open up the next set of levels, you can do that just by getting some boots of swiftness which you get for beating creeper woods the first time or you know find some swiftness potions in chests and stuff like that you can get lucky um and you can sprint through until you reach the exit other levels are not like that because the boss fights uh, are a bit of a problem if you try and take on the evoker in pumpkin pastures um you better hope there's a geomancer around because then they raise those exploding pillars and half the time that takes out the evoker for you the redstone mines boss i found kind of easy because there is stuff in the environment that is able to do damage to it but if you look at the corrupted cauldron fight in soggy swamp or if you look at the nameless one fight the necromancer in the desert temple those are incredibly tedious because your goal is to you know rush in punch it a bunch of times and then run away again I decided that early on it was going to be easiest to use Boots of Swiftness and Deathcat Mushroom because Deathcat Mushroom allows you to punch twice as fast. But then I got I got the Fishing Rod to stun stuff. Later I got this artifact called the Windhorn, which knocks enemies back in a radius around you and also slows them down, which is really good for crowd control. Um, and also if you get a Totem of Regeneration, you can basically create a radius in which you're going to heal. So... If you slow down all of the enemies that are walking towards you, it gives you time to heal before you can rush away and start punching some more stuff. Then the keystone of this strategy ultimately was a an enchantment you can get on armor called Surprise Gift, which if you drink a health potion, it gives you free buff potions. It basically drops a swiftness potion, a shadow brew, or a strength potion, or sometimes a bundle of arrows. And so suddenly I'm able to do two damage instead of one, and with the Deathcat Mushroom, I'm doing two damage repeatedly 
and you can take down tougher enemies that way. Eventually, I ended up at Soggy Swamp getting an Ember Robe, which is an armor that's like the advanced unique version of the uh, Enchanter's Robe, and it does burning damage to anything that's within melee range. It also reduces artifact cooldown time, had the surprise gift enchantment, and also had a cooldown reduction enchantment, so I can refresh my artifacts nice. almost as soon as I've used them. Um, so the later levels get really tough, especially because as you go through the levels, there is a minimum difficulty, and by the time you reach the final level, you have to play it on difficulty 5. So that's a concern, wow. because I guess the final boss is tough enough that they don't want to set expectations by having like really low-level enemies, and then have the final boss absolutely stomp you if you're not prepared for it. But right. the, the difficulty levels scale up enemy attack and enemy HP, so it becomes increasingly more difficult to take out the same enemy classes. However, I got that far. I beat High Block Halls, which is the second to final level it took me two and a half hours and it involved a lot of using the wind horn to knock enemies into pits um right. because there are those bottomless pits that like yeah if you knock something off of the edge uh if you knock it back with some sort of effect then it will just die automatically and so maybe i wasn't getting experience for that but i had backup strategies of just being able to like get one enemy isolated from everything else corner them, activate my regeneration totem, and then just wail on them until they keeled over. Um, it's it's a lot. It's it's very meme -y. It feels like a massive troll strategy, but it works. And tomorrow on stream, I'm going to try my best. Uh, this is We're recording this on Monday. My Tuesday stream is going to be me trying to beat the game having never used weapons <laughs> it, it's a lot it's 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 super fun and i'm really really excited about it because once again this highlights a different approach to playing this game another way you can have fun with it and the fact that this is even possible in the first place shows how well they've thought through some of the stuff in this game like how varied some of the approaches to combat are i don't know if they intended for you to be able to you know one punch your way through this game but you can, and I'm I'm doing my best. <laughs> we'll see how the final I, boss goes, though. Something dawned on me watching the video on your YouTube channel um, that was just how fun it looked because of the increased speed of punching. Like, even yes. though you know you're only doing the one damage, the sheer fury of, <laughs> of how fast you punch, it's having great. just, you know... Having just died twice, you know, uh, being unable to complete the Fiery Forge because I ran out of time, uh, dying in a one-shot to the, the Necromancer, you know, a little frustrated. To watch somebody play the game and just wail on stuff yes, was, again, you're, 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 you know, a death by a thousand cuts, but it just looks so satisfying. It is and very it makes, cathartic, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, and it makes me, well, two things come to mind. One, it makes me want to try a rogue build where I use daggers or use um, sickles and just kind of, like you said, go speed. Like just speed enchants, speed synergy, worry less about how much damage I'm doing per blow and more about like, well, how much, how quickly can I just, can I fight them? Because something that you mentioned, which was a great tip for, for new people to the game in your video is that um, stun locking. When you're punching uh, uh, an enemy or attacking an enemy, depending on how quickly you do that, you might be able to keep them in a constant state of being punched and being unable to hit you back. Yeah, it, it, like, uh, it interrupts their attack animation. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's what I do when I have a slow weapon, like a glaive or a hammer, uh, I shoot a bow first. I do a quick point blank, boom, you know, uh, shot with a bow, which sends them uh, one kickback, but also does, does a little bit of this interrupt uh, animation. And then you can hit them with the other thing. And it usually is enough that you can, you can get them down and, and out, especially on those bigger enemies that require like five or six hits, even at later levels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it just, the other thing that dawned on me is that I'm surprised that there's no fist weapons. There are. Uh, Joel, Oh, I'm here to okay. tell you that there are. And that okay. is that is the cool thing, because from what I understand, they are only available on adventure difficulty, but you uh, okay. can get gauntlets that are effectively like, you know, bare knuckle glove type weapons yeah, that okay. do increase your melee damage. So here's what I'm thinking. If I can complete the entire game on like basic normal default difficulty and beat the final boss and start adventure mode and get to the level where you can get those items i'm gonna be able to punch my way all the way through apocalypse and i want to do a stream <laughs> at some point that is called barefist steve versus the apocalypse and we will see how far we get but it's it's a lot of fun and i i agree with you the the kind of it feels really satisfying just punching stuff super fast and I've been chasing all of the stuff in this game that feels fun and satisfying to do, and this is somehow one of the most satisfying experiences I've found in this game so far. And it is a phenomenal game. I, I'm really enjoying it. Like, once again, it's not breaking the mold as far as dungeon crawlers go. Um, people were, but you don't want it to. That's exactly. the thing. You don't like, want it to. Pe people yeah. were were wondering why they hadn't kind of reinvented the wheel, and I was like, well. You know, there's wheels roll for a reason, you know, mm -hmm. like it, it's it's not like they, they could have added like crafting elements into it to make it more like Minecraft or they could have, you know, allowed you to break blocks. But then that breaks the geometry of the level. And, you know, you can just enjoy this for what it is, I think. And boy, I think are we the enjoying RNG. It. Yeah, I think the RNG is really where they've taken it to a different spot. Uh, I know that in Diablo, like you can pick up weapons and they're going to have certain enchants on them and you can use gems and things like that. But for me, it's this cool combination of like, you might have this unique item that you've picked up. That's like this cool glowy bow and it does all this stuff. And the very next thing you pick up could be a regular bow. And just because it has two enchants on it or the ability to have two enchants and what those enchants are and the combination of it might make it better than the thing that you just picked up. Like yeah. you just, you just don't know. And I think that's a really cool mechanic in that the way that they do the enchant system and the way that they randomize not only the enchants, but also the number of enchants that you can get combined with the different weapons, combined with the different um, artifacts that you have, like the possibilities are literally endless. And, and I think that will keep it fresh. And I think that that is to me what separates it from other dungeon crawlers experience. I'm telling you, I'm spending 20 minutes um, between playing a level and uh, and the next one, hanging with my chat in Twitch and going in the camp and basically not min-maxing, but like making decisions as to how we want to play, what we think will work best for the next for the next level and what we want to keep and what we want to enchant and how we want to roll forward. And it's fun. That part of the game, even though you're not punching anything, is fun. I reckon that's a great note to leave it on as well. And folks, if you are a warrior of the apocalypse or if you're just starting out Minecraft Dungeons, we want to hear from you. Joel will have the email address for you once again in a second. But that is going to be it for this episode of The Spawn Chunks. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. 
The music for the show was composed by me, and the Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? Chuck us a few emeralds at patreon.com slash thespawnchunks, where joining the community by pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat and get us closer to our next goal, which is going back to recording the episodes live in Discord so that all of our patrons can listen in. We're at 178 patrons right now, which is up from last week. Thank you guys once again for your continued support. And special thanks go out to our content engineer patrons, Cameron Sigelski, Greener Canuck, JD Williamson, Yakov Nastin, and Yitz for your support on this episode. One of the things I really like about our Discord right now is how hopping the Minecraft Dungeons channel is and how respectful everyone is being of spoilers. I think it's fantastic. You can go in there and feel safe and get tips and just learn some stuff and not feel like it's going to be you know too much uh, so tip, tip of my hat to everybody um, having some fun in the in the discord sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show it's 100 free just find us on twitter and instagram at the spawn chunks personal recommendation is by far the best way to share the podcast with friends though just tell a friend hey they're into dungeons we're into dungeons we should all be in the dungeons Sounds creepy, but honestly, it's a lot of fun. Check out the podcast. You can email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're also on YouTube. Leave a star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. It's free. Even if you don't use the app as your main podcast platform, a lot of services draw from iTunes to pick up new podcasts. Using a quick rating helps us find new listeners on the platform. The RSS feed is linked on thespawnchunks.com and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page, which is where you can listen to the Render Distance, the extended version of the podcast. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixorifs. You can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash where I do my Minecraft survival guide series, and you can also see the way of the bare fist Steve begin to take shape. I also stream three days a week on Twitch, where I do behind-the-scenes work for the survival guide, and as of Tuesday, June 2nd, I may hopefully have beaten Minecraft Dungeons without using weapons. I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. And aside from that, I'm at Pixorifs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything I'm doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio, is at joelduggan.com. If you're interested in hiring me, then just drop me a line there. You can also find a link there to the Citadel Cafe, which is my other podcast about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment. Mentioned quite a bit about this in the render distance, but myself and uh, servermate Alistair hung out for a special anniversary edition of the Citadel Cafe where we talked about Back to the Future, the trilogy. It turns 30 years old this past week, and so we had a lot of fun talking about that. You can follow me at Joel Duggan on social media, super easy to find, and I will, of course, point you towards twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan, where I am playing a lot of dungeons. Glaive for the win. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite. Have fun storming the castle! (laughs) 